Back live on location, it's Honorado and Company. I am live at Minogue's in Malta, which, you know, we like this place. Ash, mm-hmm. it has everything you could possibly need to have a good time. Uh, and we will detail why we're here exactly today. Yes, Saratoga Eagle is a partner of the show. And Jeff Buglick and Saratoga Eagle have now taken over Minogue's. There's a big rebrand in the build right now and we're going to reveal the new name there are four minogues locations in the capital region there is a new name coming a new logo we'll tell you about that we'll show you all of that as well and we'll walk around this place and show you some of the good deals they've got going right now at minogues but we've got a lot to get to today ash yeah ton to get to antonio brown's supposed to play this weekend in the capital region wow i hadn't heard supposed to wow okay Uh, i mean he practiced kind of Kind of, there was no helmet or pads from what yeah. I saw. It was, you know, like a light workout and a jog a little bit. But uh, yes, he was on the field catching passes. And and I do feel better about the odds that he will play this weekend as opposed to Memorial Day weekend. We'll get into all of that. There's a little bit of beef in Buffalo right now. I wonder how serious this is with Stefan Diggs missing what was a mandatory mini camp practice on Tuesday. He did show up Wednesday. Are there some deep-rooted issues in Buffalo, a team that has a, a Super Bowl window right now and needs to be all on the same page. We'll talk about Stefan Diggs. Uh, we have two champions this past week. Of course, the Stanley Cup champs in Vegas, the NBA champs in Denver. We'll talk with our guy, Zach Bai, who's from Scotia, but now doing sports talk radio in Denver. Let's just get this thing going. is Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. All right, here we go. Shout out to all of our partners here on Owen Co. I am set up in front of this beautiful display where you see the Michelob Ultra boxes behind me. They are part of the Saratoga Eagle partnership on the show, live from Minogue's in Malta. Let's just talk about it, Ash. Are we going to see Antonio Brown Saturday night at MVP Arena. Well, we'll see uh, him there. Is he going to play? Yeah, I think he will. I'm still skeptical about the extent to which he will play. Well, uh, sure. But yeah, I think we will see him. You can only under-deliver so many times before you actually have to deliver on your promises. So if he doesn't deliver here, I think he's going to have real problems getting people in that building ever again. But yes, I think we will see him this weekend. How many people will they have there? I don't know, maybe five, but it's not going to be like, that's what they drew the last time he said he was going to play. So I don't think it's going to be more than that because I think people will assume he's not going to deliver, Uh, but you'll probably get those same interested 5,000 people that were there the last time back in the stands this time. God bless them. I'm sorry. I, there is no chance I would spend a single dollar to see it. Um, over under on, you said you're a little skeptical on the extent of how much we will see of Antonio Brown. If I put the over under on, uh, of, over under of plays on four and a half, where are you going? I'll go over. But, you know, he told our Roger Weiland that he was going to score seven touchdowns or eight oh, touchdowns oh, okay. when he played last time. Right. Uh, 
I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen because that would require you being on the field. Well, listen, for only seven or eight plays, if everything goes perfectly well, but more likely 20 to 30 plays uh, for things to go the way you would like. And look, there's no question. Antonio Brown will be open. It's mm-hmm. whether or not there's a guy who can get him the ball with actual defense. Right. What we saw was he was running against air on Wednesday afternoon, so Wednesday morning. So when there's a defender and they double AB and they make life as difficult as they can on him, he will still get open. Mm-hmm. But is there a quarterback who can actually deliver the ball to him? That's where maybe like one play, let's say he runs deep on the first play and the ball is severely underthrown. Does he just hang it up then and say, I'm, done. I'm not doing this anymore? I don't know. J-Man's watching. Good morning, Owen Co. Good morning, Jay. Good to see you, buddy. Sam's watch. Of course, Sam's watching. I love it. And Sam says, isn't there anything better to talk about? It depends on your perspective. You know, yes. Is there anything more like, um, more, um, I don't Worthy? know, intriguing sure. at this point, right? To Entertaining? In the Probably capital not. region? Yeah. It's, it, what, when you've got so many people on both sides of it, it's hard to uh, to ignore it, is what I say. Yeah. Who day? Uh, Joe Burrow is not. <laughs> yeah. Is not Unfortunately for Antonio Brown, Joe Burrow is not going to throw for him the umpire. And Jeff is watching as well. Great to see you, Jeff Casey. All right. So we do think there'll be a decent crowd Saturday night at MVP Arena. Uh, I hope that uh, the arena does well with this. I hope he does play uh, because then it will garner the attention we've been giving it. Right? Like you want to interview him after he actually plays? Great. That's beautiful. He called our Dan Levy sturdy yesterday. Sturdy. And I did think... Also told him he loved him. Levy could stand in the pocket and take a hit, deliver a ball. No doubt. Let's let's see what he's got. Um, in Buffalo, more wide receivers. It's always the wide receivers, isn't it? Always the wide receivers. Yeah. Is this, is this real beef? Is this real beef? Stefan Diggs missed mandatory minicamp practice on Tuesday. He was back Wednesday, and he was... Loving up on Josh Allen and his fellow receivers, new receivers coach. Sean McDermott said, hey, we gave him that kind of space and excused absence. I'm cool with it on Tuesday. That's not how it went down. It was a surprise to everybody that Diggs sure. was not there on Tuesday. Is this, is this an issue for a team that, that sees its Super Bowl window already closing? I think it's an issue that not everyone's on the same page. If you're going to have issues, you better get ahead of those issues and make sure that everyone's telling the same story. Because Sean McDermott said he is very, very concerned that Stefan Diggs was not at practice Tuesday. And then yesterday said, well, but I excused him from practice. And I guess you can still be concerned that you had to excuse him from practice and that there is beef going on and there is some kind of internal struggle and disagreement. Maybe that's what he was concerned about, but it was almost like he forgot he excused him from practice. doesn't exactly seem to be. What's the problem here? Diggs is unhappy because the team hasn't reached the level of success it should have. Uh, Diggs is unhappy because... He, it's just a weird time yeah. to be unhappy. He has a contract. He's yeah. being paid well. Contract. He is playing with a top five quarterback. Maybe maybe Allen is top three. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very little here in June to be unhappy about. It's not like 
they just had a game where he was only targeted twice or he hasn't caught a touchdown in five weeks. Like we, we, It's just a strange time for something to go off in Stefan Diggs' mind to say, things are not perfect here for me, and I'm going to make that known by missing a mini camp. Yeah, right. but right? but you, you felt this, and I, I said it, that final game against Cincinnati, yep. he was visibly unhappy. He made it clear. He took issue with some of his teammates on the sidelines. He yep. left before meeting with the media. That I think that game has for some reason really gotten into his head. Like their offensive struggles in one particular game that ended their season last year have really made him, I, I don't know if it's think twice about what he got into or maybe doubt what they have going on in Buffalo. But the yeah. dude signed a four-year, $96 million extension last year. There is a lot of money on the table with Stefan Diggs. They can't afford to trade him because of the cap hit that they would take. They need to smooth things over with Stefan Diggs and assure this guy that everything will be back to normal and then that they will be back to being a Super Bowl contender in Buffalo this season. And I have faith that they will. Like, yeah. if there's anybody who can do it, it's Josh Allen. These guys were so incredibly tight, it seemed, for the first couple of years Diggs was there. And I'm with you. I think it's he, he feels undervalued, not in the way he's being paid, but in the way he's being utilized in this offense, which, by the way, doesn't run the ball a lot anyway. There are a lot of throws out there for Diggs to take advantage. I don't know if it's to blame, but a lot has changed since Brian Dable has left. Very true. Yeah. Um, and I think that the frustration you saw against Cincinnati was knowing we're supposed to win this year. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the attitude this year as well, within the locker room anyway. I don't know that many people outside of Buffalo are going to pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Probably I think not. people like Kansas City, they like Buffalo, uh, they like Cincinnati more. Um, I think you'd even find some people who are going to pick like an L.A. Chargers to, to do better. What does Jacksonville have going? Um, I so I don't know. I, I don't know that Buffalo is going to be viewed as much of a favorite this year. There may not be that pressure uh, outside of the locker room itself to win in Buffalo, but it's not the way you want to start your summer, plain and simple. Jeff Casey, need to go back to throwing the ball and stop running with Josh Allen so much. I, I agree. I think Allen has been too quick to just tuck and run. Um, instead of kind of, you know, going through the progressions and either taking a check down with a running back or running the ball more to your running backs and to those utilizing your running backs more to diversify a little bit instead of like every time he pulls the ball down, everyone knows number 17 is going to run it. Yeah, look, it's a great weapon to have, but you can only do that so much before your franchise quarterback has taken a beating that he's Mm -hmm. not – really going to come back from all right let's take a quick time out. well let, let me get to this real quick ash okay just because okay. we're on the topic of the nfl and then we'll take a quick time out um saquon barkley said this week he was not so sure that he would get uh a new contract with the giants he's under franchise tech currently they have until july 17th to work that out dalvin cook released by the vikings jonathan taylor says he wants a new deal but is not all that optimistic because of the way the league, the NFL, views the running mm-hmm. back position. This is your question 
why are running backs so undervalued? Yeah, or do you feel like the running back position is undervalued? Because the contracts would tell you they're probably not undervalued, but Dalvin Cook got his contract, and then the Vikings decided, well, we don't want to deal with that contract anymore. He's not worth it. So so the contracts themselves would tell you running backs are getting pretty good money, but the struggles that rookies like John or the rookie contracts, the end of those rookie contracts like Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley have would tell you in some ways they are, or at least those guys feel like they're being undervalued. I don't know if by the numbers, it feels like they're being undervalued, but it seems like it's always a struggle with these running backs. Even a guy like Jonathan Taylor, despite only playing 11 games last season over the past three seasons has run for more than 3000 yards, 33 touchdowns like those are big numbers for an NFL running back and yet he yep. thinks he's going to have trouble extending or signing a new deal beyond that rookie deal I think I think he's right too uh Sam says they have a short shelf life take too many hits get injured shorter short but you yeah. could have a short shelf life and get through a rookie contract and one more contract and it's an eight-year career and that's pretty good but they can't even. They feel like they can't even get that or get the the money that they deserve in that second deal. Jeff makes the point that uh, the quarterbacks, in many cases, are the mm-hmm. first running option. Um, I don't think the running back position is is devalued necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think the focus on a singular star running back, or I've got to have this guy, uh, is somewhat devalued. Although we have seen recently. Um, you know, Bijan Robinson was a what top 10 pick this year. I think he was ninth. So at, at times there are teams that say we're a running back away. Mm-hmm. Let's go get our guy. I think unless you really feel that way, you're, you're willing to just kind of put together a backfield of relatively effective guys and Nick, yeah, too yeah, many yeah. running back right. by committee teams. Okay. Let me, just and I don't know this. if it's too many yeah, because maybe that's so. just the way to go, but Listen, the Green Bay Packers have two really good running backs, Very Aaron good. Jones and and uh, uh, AJ Dillon. How much good does that do you? And I think teams start to look at that. Like, do they really make that big of a difference? Here are some running backs' names who led the Super Bowl in rushing yards in the last ten years or so. Okay, Cam Akers, Leonard Fournette, Damian Williams. Sony Michelle, with Garrett Blunt three times, three different Super Bowls. With Garrett Blunt led the Super Bowl in rushing. C.J. Anderson, Percy Harvin, Ahmad Bradshaw, Bradshaw, James Starks, Pierre Thomas. Yeah, it's Any not. The, it's not your stars. I mean, there are very few Pro Bowlers even on that list, and everybody makes the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, NFL team, and I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but NFL teams are looking at the history of this and they're saying. Why do we need to spend a lot of money or a high draft pick on a running back when we can just figure this thing out? The money has to go to a quarterback. Okay, that's number one. Then it has to go to an edge rusher and probably a corner as mm-hmm. well. And then we've got to prioritize weapons like receivers, receiver? tight end. I need O-line to protect the quarterback. I can go a long way down before I get to needing a, a star running back. running back or a high-paid running back. That's just the way it is. So I don't think teams say – it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter as much. That's all. Yeah, I just find it interesting that, like, other running backs are not putting up the numbers that Jonathan Taylor put up. So at what point does the best running back in the league yeah. 
differentiate himself from the middle of the road running backs who are just good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause if, cause if you took the top paid wide receiver, well, that, that guy takes your team next level. Maybe that running back position doesn't take your team next level. And what's too bad for Taylor and Barkley is if they were allowed to just hit the open market without mm -hmm. being tagged, they would find that money. I just don't think the Colts are will, right now willing to invest in that. I don't think the Giants are really willing to invest in that right now. But there would be a team out there that said, we are one Jonathan Taylor away mm -hmm. from just being gangbusters. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's some team like the 49ers, a team that has a good quarterback on a rookie contract and can afford a high price. If, if those running backs just hit the open market without being yeah, tagged like once, gags, twice, you know what I mean? Like they, they could make good money. They really yeah. could. All right, let's take a quick, quick timeout here on Honorado and Company, uh, back with two champions crowned this week, Stanley Cup, NBA. I don't care what kind of stories that's been told on you. That may be a lot of things in life you used to do. Six carbs and 95 calories. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpen House. All right, Ash, why are we at Minogue's in Malta? This is why. Because there's a rebrand coming and it's Bev's. So the four locations you see around the 518 will now be known as Bev's. It's a full rebrand that's happening. It's going to take a little bit of time. But the Minogue's in the area, which has been around for more than 100 years. I just found that out today. 100 years. This brand, this beverage center has been around. Um, and now it will be Bev's as Saratoga Eagle takes over the operation and you know they're remaking a lot of making over a lot of the stores here a little bit more uh shopping friendly sight lines see this you walk in mm -hmm. okay the door is right here boom you walk in and you see everything you can see it all right there right even if you're short like me even if you're short like ash not only can she walk in and see everything but the people who are working here can see ashley walk in and take care of her right away. And so to celebrate, what are they doing? Look at this. $20 rebate on Bud products. Bud, Bud Light, $20 rebate here at Minogue's very soon to be Bev's. That is why we are live in Malta this morning on Honorado and Company. Okay, Ash, let's talk about the uh, champions we have crowned this week. Stanley, neither series was all that entertaining. Fair? Yeah, not great. You That okay. was your Triple D last week? Last week or the week before? Well, yeah, I, I really was kind of getting after it more uh, based on the teams that were involved. And like, sure. do, do people care about the Nuggets and the Heat? Do they care about the Golden Knights and the Panthers? I, I couldn't really necessarily come out here and sell it all that much, but... Um, they were quick series, and that's why we do this quickly. And now, dirty, difficult, 
and done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial. Our guy, Bill Miller, and his team at Performance Industrial. There's never a job that's too dirty or too difficult for them to get it done. Ash, you are up with our dirty, difficult done. Yeah, I I think this is like a little more dramatic and blown out of proportion. But I read a few articles about this and how it's almost making it seem like Jack Eichel has gone through this like 20-year crazy NHL career. And he hasn't. He's only in his seventh year, or he missed the playoffs seven times. So I guess this would be his eighth year. Uh, But this is a guy who was the number two overall pick for Buffalo back in 2015, who was supposed to be the savior in Buffalo. It didn't work out. Things got kind of ugly there at the end. Gets to Vegas last year, has surgery, so only plays in a handful of games. They miss the playoffs, come back in his first full season, make the playoffs, and then win the Stanley Cup. And and the thing that I love about this is kind of – not the whole redemption story. I like the redemption story more for Cassidy and for the Golden oh. Knights as a whole. They got so close one time, um, and now their they're back year. just their sixth season. Yeah. Sixth season in the NHL as an expansion franchise, and they get it done. So, yeah, Jack Eichel's weight is over. It's a guy who in his first seven seasons didn't ever play in a playoff game, and now in his first appearance in the playoffs wins the Stanley Cup, uh, and Vegas wins it all. Yeah, it does feel a little strange to say, like, Jack Eichel's been waiting a long time. Right. He's been waiting a lot less of a long time than a lot of other guys. I mean, he's been waiting a while for postseason success or even just postseason experience. I get that. But, yeah, I don't know. To say that, oh, my gosh, finally now for Jack Eichel, uh, I'm with you. The Cassidy story is incredible. It's, It's great. The Bruins bounced in the first round as the President's Trophy winners, and the coach that they fired goes to Vegas and wins right away. Just tells That's, you they shouldn't have fired him. Yeah, that that is something else. Um, all right, Ash, let's take a quick time out here on Honor Auto and Company because we've got Zach by ready to go, locked and loaded. As He's I said to my brother, loaded, all guy. you have to do is wind him up and let him go. And Zach will just absolutely take off. And that's why we're calling on him to help us out with some historical perspective on what happened in Denver this year as we are live from Minogue's and the rebrand of Bev's. There it is. You see the logo. You'll see it official in the four locations, Malta, Wilton, Saratoga, Queensbury. Back with Zach by right after this. In years, Alpenhaus has been your destination for outdoor fun, and we're celebrating all month long. So if you're on the hunt for your next adventure, Alpenhaus has the perfect RV for you. Like this Coachman Catalina for $151 a month, or this Primetime Avenger for $260 a month. Experience the open road in comfort and style with the nation's top brands. Shop online at alpenhausrv.com or visit us in Amsterdam and Saratoga. Alpenhaus, your total camping outfitter for 59 years. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. And we're back on Honorado and Company. Um, we are not CNN World. No. Nope. We are not late night national ESPN radio with Freddie Coleman. But this is like when Springsteen plays MetLife or Billy Joel at the Garden. Hmm. The Zach By World Tour is coming home. Home, yeah. 
And that really makes it a bigger show than any of the others, don't you think? Yeah. So when Zach Bai comes back to MVP arena type stuff, plays gets hits the court at MVP arena under the lights. Let me tell you something. I would not put a put a traveling <laughs> tour past Zach Bai where he's on stage at MVP arena at some point. Let's bring our guy into the conversation here. Of course, fresh off the Denver Nuggets winning the NBA championship, the first in the franchise's 47-year NBA history. And it's our guy, Zach By, born and bred in the Capital Region <laughs> and doing big things in Denver. Zach, it's good to see you, buddy. It is so good to see your guys' faces. Uh, it's so exciting. Uh, the Capital Region is always on my mind, uh, no matter you know what's going on. So it is really cool. And you're, you're, you're messing with me saying, I'll oh, see CNN World or you know, uh, 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 ESPN Late Night. This is, this is as cool uh, for me as, as anything else. Uh, and I'm being uh, genuine because I love like still having a presence in the capital region. Um, and uh, it's just, it's great to be with you guys. If you were a wooden puppeteer, you would have broken the lens on the camera pointed at you right now with your nose, but we appreciate the compliment. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. We've got a two-time regular season MVP. Mm -hmm. We've got now an NBA Finals MVP. He's a champion, obviously, as well. Um, but it's interesting, though, because he's really not that good, right? So <laughs> it's amazing what Nikola Jokic has been able to accomplish for a guy who doesn't look like a basketball player, which I'm not really sure what that means, because there have been a lot of guys who have not looked like athletes and, and still perform at a high level. But you've seen this guy up close now for many years. Give us kind of the truth bomb on on Jokic the truth bomb is that when you watch the games you're gonna be in awe that's the truth bomb um the other side of that coin is I, I understand how this works I mean you guys are living back east with 47 percent of America yeah that's almost half of the populations on the east coast so why am I bringing that up the Denver Nuggets when they're on national TV their game doesn't start until 10 o'clock at night or 10 30 at night so if you want to watch four quarters of Jokic play basketball and you live in one of these you know eastern cities or towns like almost half the country does you're probably not going to watch a lot of Nikola Jokic and I think that um nationally that is also true and you know even people paid to cover the sport have gotten themselves in trouble and sort of told on themselves a little bit by kind of maybe I don't know this guy's game. Maybe I accidentally said into a microphone. I hadn't really seen him play before. Uh, maybe I accidentally left him off my MVP ballot. Maybe that happened. Maybe it didn't. Chris, we don't know. I don't know. We don't know. Um, but it's one of these things where when you watch him, you have no choice but to acknowledge his greatness. I mean, there's nothing he can't do. Uh, he is, um, and, and Richard Jefferson did a good job at this uh, yesterday on an ESPN show, and he compared Jokic's stats to all these other first-time uh, NBA Finals participants. So he's got the same scoring average as Kevin Durant in his first NBA Finals. He's got the same assist per game as Magic Johnson in his first ever NBA Finals. He's got the same rebounding numbers as Tim Duncan in his first ever NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. and, it go, and it goes on like that. I mean, it, it truly goes on like that. You want to look at three-point field goal percentage? He's Steph Curry. Now, he doesn't shoot the, the same volume, but still, it holds true. I mean, what can't this guy do? And, and during the MVP conversation, be like, well, he's not a great defender. I don't know. I mean, he's not above the backboard blocking shots, but he did have three blocks in game four and two more in game five. And, and if and you do that every... The, he's the reason Jimmy Butler turned the ball over because Butler got into no man's land deep in the paint late in that game, and he realized the help defense was Jokic. Yep. 
he's so huge. I mean, Chris is standing next to this guy. He's so massive. And just by him being straight up and having good defensive principles, he blocks a lot of shots without actually registering a block. He's altering them. They're psychological blocks. So uh, he's great, man. There's, I mean, in game four, uh, Miami took 19 shots with Jokic as the primary defender and missed 16 of them. So the, 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 the more the sample size grows, like there's a, there's a phrase here in Denver that's been used a lot this past year. Jokic is inevitable. Everyone arrives at the same conclusion. You just need the sample size to be proper enough mm -hmm. for you, the viewer, and whoever you are. And once it becomes proper enough, you're left with no choice. If you have any sort of semblance of a basketball IQ, like this guy is awesome. He's fantastic. He's great. He makes everyone better. His value is insane. So he's uh, he's an all-time great. And that's, the, that, that's actually the conclusion that we're arriving at. It's like, this guy's not just a one. Like, this guy is, he's six all-time in triple doubles. He's already got two MVPs, the finals MVP. That's been done 10 times ever. Ever. And the, and the guys who've done it are named are Michael and Kareem and Wilt and Moses and Steph and LeBron and Giannis. And we know their names, Duncan. So it's like he's he's putting himself at the big boy table. You just you just rattled off those eight or nine. We've already compared them to Steph and Duncan prior. Um, Magic was in there. He's he's a unicorn, and we say this all the time because he can do all of those things, but he looks like not a single one of those people. Yeah. Maybe Duncan. Yeah, and, and, right? yeah, a little bit like Duncan. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit like Duncan, um, where he plays on the ground. Like, that's the thing. Like, you think of an NBA superstar. If right, you were to like, fly. yeah, he doesn't fly. But if you were like, do a creative player on a video game, it wouldn't be Jokic, probably. I mean, <laughs> Jokic doesn't. I mean, how many times has Jokic been on top 10 sports center, right? You just, not, you know, not for dunks and blocks, um, but he may do something at the same time that you've never seen before. Or maybe you saw Larry Bird do in a video on YouTube or something. So uh, trying to, trying to, you know, we do this in sports, uh, Chris and Ashley. Like, we love comps. We love comparisons. Mm -hmm. uh, Kobe's got the same sort of footwork as Michael. Um, or, or we'll say, hey, uh, uh, player X is like, he has the same shot as this. With Jokic, you have to take maybe Hakeem Olajuwon's footwork. I heard Doc Rivers compare that this past week on Bill Simmons' podcast. He goes, he's got... Hakeem's same footwork is just slower, but he doesn't have to be as quick because he's so big and deliberate. He'll get to his yeah. spot. So it's like, okay, what well, he, he's got the footwork like uh, 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 Hakeem. He's ambidextrous uh, around the basket like Duncan was. He's got the mid-range shot like, you know, fill in the blank. I mean, you kind of have to take pieces of here or there and everywhere because we've never seen anything like him. Um, I've said uh, throughout the last couple of years, he's, he's uh, Steve Nash inside with Shaquille O'Neal's body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just, again, have never seen anything like it. Guys, he is putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers in the year of our Lord 2023. Uh, like, Wilt's numbers, this is what Jokic is doing. And the game is as developed as, as it's ever been. We just watched the guy average 30, 14, and 7 in his first ever NBA Finals. We just watched the guy be like an assist or two away of averaging a triple-double for an entire playoffs. He didn't. We, we didn't even need to tip off game five before he was already crowned as the only player in postseason history to be leading the entire postseason in points, rebounds, and assists. Yep. Again, we have these certain type of statements where it's like, Jokic is doing this like not since Wilt. And then there's these other statements of like, he's the only one on the not list. Since ever. Yeah. <laughs> not since ever. Not since ever. Yeah. Uh, Zach's already mentioned a couple of podcasts on this podcast. Um, I get my... Denver sports content on the Stokely and Zach podcast because I'm an a la carte guy. I like to 
I like to pick and choose when I, you know, like uh, Zach is like, you shoot them right into your veins. <laughs> so you really only need small doses to really feel the high that, that would, would be perfect for the mile high city. Um, th- there is the podcast out there, go back and, and listen to the, I would recommend the morning after the championship. Zach, I'll also say, make sure you tune in to the Friday show because that'll be post parade. Now, the Avalanche yes. last year, the Nuggets yep. this year. Don't yep. forget about the Mammoth. The Rockies next year? Uh, uh, yeah, uh. Probably not. What, what, what does Denver bring uh, for parade atmosphere? Why will Craziness. I mean, it, it, it's uh, last year, I think it was 600,000 people at the Avs Parade with something in there. I'm expecting it to be even better. Uh, I think just in general, I mean, people love the Avalanche around here. Don't don't confuse me. But in general, in America, there's more basketball fans yep. than there are hockey fans. Um, so we'll see what the weather's like. It could actually be a little bit sketchy. So we'll see. They've actually bumped the parade up an hour from 11 to 10 because of some sketchy Okay. weather but it's Colorado it's not going to stay around so I mean I expect it to be crazy I expect anywhere between six and eight hundred thousand people um I expect to see everyone absolutely drilled hammered uh by noon um I mean if any last year's indication I mean we had some security but there's people like puking right in front of us and stuff like that so it's kind of like there's some rite of passage parade stuff there um and then um and then you know the party will just keep going the parade will end the party will keep going i'm expecting a lot of these nuggets to party with the fans i mean i don't know if you guys saw us aaron gordon like in the streets with the fans after the game without a shirt on i mean jr smith would be proud um so it's gonna keep on going i'm gonna get off the air at two o'clock uh, I have the license from the wife to 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 go out and have some fun for a nice. few hours. So I'm going to sort of, I mean, look, I didn't make a basket. I didn't even break a sweat. But when you do cover a team for six years now, and I've been kind of like the hoops guy at the station, um, which is why I get to get called off the bench for some of these cool opportunities we talked about uh, at the start. So good timing there. But also, it's just been a lot. It's just been a lot, a lot, a lot. My own podcasting. Uh, joining the morning show every single day, doing our show every single day, uh, and then basically saying yes to everything uh, in a short window of time. It's been like the busiest I've ever been since moving to Denver in 2017. Wow. So I'm going to blow some steam off um, tomorrow uh, after the parade, and uh, I cannot wait. Zachary, be real with me. I know you love to wager some money on sports. What? <laughs> Did you put money on the Denver Nuggets to win it all preseason? Is the Pope Catholic? Yes. I mean, I got it at 10 what to the 1. What numbers on that? Anything good? Probably yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, 10 to 1. Oh. Yeah, 10 to 1 on January 5th at 10.30 in the morning. Uh, I put 38 to win 380. I did a U-turn and circled back a couple weeks later and got it at eight to one. I bet it again during the playoffs when it was one to one. Um, they were an un- guys. They were an underdog against Phoenix in the second round. A underdog hammered it again. Um, so it's been a nice payday, and I'm looking to blow some of that. I'm going to do some responsible stuff with it. Uh, but I'm also going to blow uh, some of it uh, at the parade and we're going to be doing shots and we're going to be getting after it. And I, I cannot wait. I'm very excited. I think I only have one more for you here, man. And Ash always gets final word. I did hear you say on your show um, 
that you've allowed yourself to kind of be a fan, right? To to yeah. obviously enjoy the ride of covering the team, but you ultimately found yourself rooting for the team in as professional a manner as we can do, right? This this team became likable or has always been. I'm not going to put the words in your mouth. Um, why? Because there are plenty of of people in sports media, and some of them are just curmudgeons and to heck with them because I'm tired of that act. But some some are just kind of like, eh, I don't really care. Like if they win, great. If they don't, whatever. And quite frankly, if they lose earlier, I get a, a, an earlier start to summer. Why did this team right. become likable for you that you were rooting for them? What, what is it about them or the players? Man, that's a super good question. Um, wow. Just be, me being myself, and you guys have known me for many years, and 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 I am just a passionate person by nature. So if there's something that I'm going to be like involved in, whether it's like, you know, from my hometown of Scotia, New York, or the College of St. Rose, or, you know, a radio show that I'm involved in or whatever, I'm going to be all in. Mm -hmm. And covering the team, you know, I started a podcast six years ago and with Earl Boinkins. And you just, you watch the arc and... First of all, let me just say this. It's better for business if they win. There's more interest in what the basketball guy at the station has to say when the basketball team's good. So there's some self-interest there, just to be candid with you. But also, when you cover the team and you see them fail again and again and again and again. I've seen them fail five years in a row. And... It'd be like, it's like, you know, we, we all covered those Albany teams that went to those NCAA tournaments. You cover them, you cover them. And then when they get there, you're like, oh my gosh, they have a shot to win. I hope they win. Like, I, oh, we may have to stay in Dayton, Ohio for an extra night. Yeah, but I hope they win, yeah. you know? And it sort of became that thing of like, I like these guys. Let me just acknowledge that, you know? And like, I grew up, and you guys will remember this. I grew up a Lakers fan. I grew up a, a Kobe fan, like diehard. And Kobe's still my favorite professional athlete ever. But like, I've never even been to LA to this day. <laughs> like, I live in Denver. I live in Denver, Colorado. And I'm not new anymore. Like, we bought a house here. I've been here for six, six and a half years now. My Both my kids are from Colorado. I want what's good for this city and this town. And I want good things to happen to people that I've have followed for a long time. And so it got to a point where it's like, man, they have an opportunity to finish this job. I have an opportunity to be covering this team and they could win a championship. And then, and then here's the last layer of it. And then you go to the games. It's hard to sit there in that environment with a okay. team that you have covered. And now you're kind of under the table, like rooting for them. Then you get into the arena with that atmosphere. It swallows you up. I mean, that, that crowd mentality and you're watching them and then it's like, it's just, it's so hilariously fun that it organically happened. Like I didn't move to Denver and buy a bunch of Nuggets stuff and be like, I'm a Nuggets fan now. Like it literally took years of organic, like growth. Same with the Avalanche. Like just followed the team, followed the, and I cover this more closely. So it was actually harder to root for the Nuggets than it was for the Avs. Avs, I was like a passenger. And that was just like crazy fun watching their arc too. Very similar to Denver. A bad team, slow build, eventually gets over the finish line. But um, yeah, man, just organically, you know, just organically. And, um, you know, as time keeps moving on, um, I'm becoming more and more like intertwined with Colorado. We love it here. We never want to leave. And, um, and we want what's best for Colorado. And that was for the Nuggets to win the championship. So here we are. 
Zach, you've called yourself the basketball or the basketball guy at your station. Um, but knowing you, you're a college basketball player. You bleed hoops, and we know that about you. And you're a sports fan, and you're a, a knowledgeable mm-hmm. sports guy about everything. But listen, Stokely's got it covered in football, and there are other guys covering hockey. Does it mean more to you? And was this just kind of like, did this renew you in a sense to have your sport to be the guy and have it just be something that like, we know you are so passionate about this particular sport to have it be this way for you? Yeah, I I think renewed is probably a really good word Um, because when you, you, when you get swept up in it, it lights that fire and it's like, the Nuggets are never going to be number one in Denver. Mm -hmm. Like that's never going to happen. They might not even ever be the number two. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But for me, it was like an intersection of like, a lot of this stuff is timing. And for five years, I followed this team. And especially for the first two or three years, like guys, when I got to Denver, the Nuggets were like, we had hosts on our own station who now go to the games and cover it. They used to make fun of Denver and say they'll never win a championship. Um and I've never been like hot take guy. So I've always just kind of like analyze what I see and we'll talk about it in entertaining ways. And to get called upon, not just by like these other shows, like you mentioned Freddie Coleman or CNN or whatever, but by my own colleagues, that has been the most rewarding thing. For Mark Schlereth, who won three Super Bowls and did Mike and Mike for 10 years to say, hey, we should have Zach in the studio on day games and and and, and the day after games. and. He like brings value like to our morning show. Like, even though I've been here for six and a half years, like that's a renewal to, to, uh-huh. to use your word. Like, okay, now my schedule's different. Now I'm going to tailor my days this way and, and just like attacking it, you know? And I think that's been one of the best parts is talking about basketball for over a half decade where maybe not as many people cared mm-hmm. to getting text messages, asking me to come on their show to talk basketball. That wouldn't even have been a thought when I moved here and that's, I think has been uh, maybe the most fun uh, of all of this is the growth within the market, mm-hmm. like the, 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 the validation within the market, um, not necessarily, and it's been great, but introducing myself to new people, but like cementing myself in a moment in time in Denver sports and sort of intertwining myself with that has been just freaking hilariously fun. Did Stokely have to get, an order of protection against you from Peyton Manning rescinded. Did that happen when you were stalking him? Courtside? Oh what was, gosh. how did that work out? Is that clear? It's and so done funny, now? man. It's so funny when they showed Peyton on the jumbotron and I'm right next to Peyton. <laughs> and then, and then my phone, just, I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, and Stokely's tagged and everything. I'm like, Oh boy, you just better lean into this one, buddy. <laughs> Bro, that was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So good. Uh, so Zach, good. man, we appreciate the time. We, As you've said, we've detailed here. You're getting pulled in a thousand different directions, man. You made time for us. We we always appreciate that, buddy. And uh, you know what? There's Enjoy the party. There's Yeah, you, you get the party, but you know there's no offseason. We will be into training camp in no time for the yep. Denver Broncos. Uh, you guys will be yep. all in on that. Thank you, buddy. Good to see you, man. Yeah, thank you guys so much for, uh, for featuring me here. And I, I love you guys. Good to see your guys' face. And uh, – here we go. Um, hopefully I'm still alive on, on Friday to, uh, for, 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 for my show. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. 
We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. Looking for a fun and relaxing way to spend time on the water? Look no further than the luxury of a pontoon boat. With their spacious and comfortable design, pontoons from Barletta, Sun Chaser, and Sun Tracker offer plenty of room for family and friends to enjoy a day in the sun. Whether you're looking to ski and tube, swim, or simply relax, pontoon boats provide the perfect platform for all of your aquatic adventures. So why wait? Stop by Alpenhouse Boats today or shop online anytime at alpenhouseboats.com. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. Yes, brought to you by Alpenhouse each and every single week here on Honorado and Company. I am live at Minogue's in Malta, and I'll give you a little bit of a look at the fridge here. Right above me, New York. Right next to me, what do we celebrate? We celebrate local, local craft. Look at the shelf of local beers offered many of them repped directly by saratoga eagle but you can find all of them here at minogues i mean this place is unbelievable and we are at minogues today because it's a rebrand minogues has been around for a century in the capital region there are four stores and now, under the leadership of Jeff Buklik and Saratoga Eagle, it is becoming BAM, Bev's. There's the new logo. You'll see the branding everywhere very soon as they go through the change. But uh, it's exciting stuff here in the Capital Region for what has been an institution in the 518, talking about, of course, Minogue's and now soon to be Bev's. Okay, Ash, um, you know what? I, I didn't have time to do it before, so I'm just going to do it now. And now, Dirty, Difficult, and Done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial. All right, my Triple D is also a done, um, and it is this with Trevor Bauer. He's a Cy Young Award winner. He was at one time the highest paid player in all of Major League Baseball. People probably forget that about Trevor Bauer. Um, he was at the top of his game when he was, he was pitching for the Dodgers. But now as he pitches in Japan, he is facing a fourth woman accusing him of sexual assault. And without going into the details of what she's accusing him of doing, because even back to when he was originally cut by the Dodgers, it's it's pretty ugly and a little more graphic than I want to get into on this show, but you can certainly read the article for yourself. And that's why I'm saying former Cy Young Award winner Trevor Bauer's Major League Baseball playing days are done. We know how this goes in professional sports. If you are supremely talented and still had a lot still have a lot of life left in your career, a team will find a place for you. Barring kind of the extreme circumstances, mm -hmm. we have seen domestic violence. Uh, we've seen other criminal acts. Players get second chances. And and in, in some of those cases, 
I, I believe they should get a little bit of a second chance. This is not going to happen for Trevor Bauer. And maybe you would say, like, well, what about the second? There are too many things out there against him right now where, where I'm not even going to make the case for whether or not he should get a second chance. I'm just telling you, there is not a single Major League Baseball team that wants to deal with this. To be the team, even though he would have, he already has, fulfilled mm-hmm. his suspension. It was knocked down dramatically from like 324 games to 194. It was, it was, he was done with that. And it was just basically going to be like he, w- he wouldn't be paid for the first 50 games of this season. Well, he's not on a roster. And so even though he will have fulfilled all of those things, and he's only 32 years old, still could be a good major league pitcher, there is no team that is going to say, hey, we are so close. If we only had Trevor Bauer, maybe we win the World Series. Or a team at like the trade deadline that realizes we didn't get the arm we needed, Bauer's available, let's get him and see what he's got for three months. It's just not going to happen. No, no team will be able to withstand the wave of fan criticism that would follow. Yeah, I agree. I think you and you've started to see this more and more where teams are almost like there are people that become untouchable and then it's kind of like eh, hands off. And I think he may have been OK if it ended at the one or two people to start. And he, you know, said how sorry he was and kind of redeemed himself. But the problem is the more that adds up against you, it's just the less likely that people are to forgive and the less likely teams are to Maybe they forgive you, but they're not going to give you a chance. They're they're going to say, you know what, I, you you're maybe you're forgiven in the world of you know public opinion or whatever, but we're not willing to take that chance and to see if people forgive you or not. And and honestly, Ash, um, there's been no admission of. Yeah, I mean, he, he's right. fighting back on all this. I he's know. Countersuing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there isn't just and and look, maybe he's guilty. Maybe he isn't. Yeah. Maybe these accusations are true. Maybe they aren't. I'm not I'm not taking that side at all. Neither one mm-hmm. of us are. I'm just telling you that no team wants to find out. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It's just not going to happen for him. Um, and it's funny, like when I saw the article pop up that there was a fourth woman now, I thought, huh, yeah. Remember Trevor Bauer? Mm-hmm. It's not all that long ago. Like in 2020, the dude was still unbelievable. I know. And 2021, right? He wins the Cy Young in 20, and then 2021 with the Dodgers. He was on the top at the top of his game, and and really for me, like I had pretty much forgotten about him. It was it, success is is fleeting, is it not? Oh my gosh! All right, I need to take another quick time out here on Honorado and Company. When we come back, mini two game Subway Series between the Yankees and Mets. What was the best thing we saw from those two games? Easy choice for me, and I only saw it because Ash told me about it. Back right after this. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, and many more. Shop Marcellus Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Company. Sponsored by Alpenhouse. 
And a big thanks to all of our local business partners here on the show, local business partners here on the show. And we take this show on the road frequently enough uh, from Alpenhaus in Amsterdam to Clifford Park. We're in Malta today with Minogue's and we've been to Navis. We need to to get back to Marcella's, one of their kitchen setups. Haven't been there in a little while. I know Nick Madalone is watching and listening. Nick, call me. We'll figure something out. We will work something out to make that happen. Um, All right, Ash, I know you saw, (laughs) this is the way it goes. Ash always sees more live than I do when I tend to play catch up the next day. But we had a mini two game Live or on Twitter. Sometimes I see it on Twitter. So this is like the the six inch variety instead of the foot long, just a two game subway series in City Field. Yankees and Mets split it the way they've done the past couple of season series. Uh, Four of the last five season series between these two teams have been even split. They'll play two at Yankee Stadium later on this year. Do you care? Were you interested? Does this cross borough rivalry draw your interest enough that uh, you watch it intently or you check it first thing in the morning or you wake me up and say, hey, you'll never believe what Isaiah Connor falefa did? Yeah, for me, I'm not as interested in the subway series during the regular season because it just doesn't mean enough i'm interested from a point of just seeing kind of where they stack up like if garrett cole pitches what are the the mets able to do or if max scherzer pitches what are the yanks able to do where do they stack up so for me like a split is probably kind of what i thought would happen but i don't think it tells us enough about where the two teams stand and i don't really care like if they were to play in the postseason bring it on that would be awesome um, and no, no but, Pete Alonso, no Aaron Judge, right. so it lacked a little bit of star power and, and definitely. Yeah. A <clears throat> I think bit the concern is, I think the concern is the, what are the veterans giving, the Yankees right now without Aaron Judge, and the answer is not a lot. Like they're leaning on guys like Jake Bowers and McKinney and guys that they shouldn't need to lean on when they've got a lineup full of. DJ LeMayhew, Josh Donaldson, Anthony Rizzo, they're not getting enough from those guys with Aaron Judge out of the lineup is the biggest concern. Yeah. Um, all right, we've got a good uh, – okay, I said what was the best thing we saw. It was easy for me, and I didn't see it because unless Ash told me about it. Isaiah kind of pulled up a stealing home, and that was a straight steal of home. Straight steal. The, the Mets reliever went into a full windup. Uh, and Connor Falefa was halfway down the third baseline. Anyway, he if the even if the pitch were good, mm-hmm. he would have stolen it, and it caused the pitch to be wild. It goes yeah, to the he got, up he started to rush it and thought, Bob. Yeah, yeah pretty good. Uh, this was interesting. Take us through this at Joe Bruno yeah. Stadium uh, earlier this week. What the heck happens here? So this is Carson McCusker. I slowed the ball down a little bit. It hits yep. – So it's hard to tell. Some people thought it went off the yellow stripe because when it fell down, it fell foul, in my opinion. But some people think it hit the wall at the yellow stripe and then fell down. And I don't necessarily disagree. It could have happened, but it was really hard to tell. So initially they called it a foul ball. Then they reversed it and gave Cusker second, which is why this coach is very unhappy because he's like, no, listen, you called it You've called initially. Well, okay, now now Pete and Cavilli is pissed because they reversed the reversal. And meanwhile, there is no video replay. They're just, it's a meeting of the minds. 
and they reversed it once and then reversed it again. So nobody's happy. And then the pitcher starts chirping and things get weird. I wrote that in the script, like things get weird. People start shoving, both, both benches clear, both bullpens clear. Nothing really happened. I was convinced that someone was going to be stupid and throw a punch here, um, but they didn't. And the craziest thing was after the reverse, the whole reversal thing, I, I kid you not, like 10 minutes of real time that took to resolve. And really it didn't resolve anything. 10 yeah. minutes of real time. That's the way it usually goes. Like, hey, what did we what do we resolve? Nothing. Oh. But I've never nothing. seen that before. I've never seen a reversal and then like they just talk again. What did you possibly what possibly was said in there that forced you to change your mind right. again? Yeah. Yeah, that that's a weird one. You attempted to text me what happened. I had a hard time kind of following and understanding, but then I did see the video and I thought, yeah, that's that's a weird one. Mm-hmm. That's a weird one. Uh, uh, Sam wants a U.S. Open pick. Do you have one? Oh, gosh. I'm going to go Hovland. I don't know, Sam. I mean, I might just be enjoying a little bit of this. I mean, seven bucks. <laughs> bucks for a 36 pack. I mean, I, I don't know the last time I purchased a 36 rack, but for $7, uh, that would certainly get you through a, a weekend of U.S. Open golf. He said Tony Finau is his pick. Yeah, Tony's his pick. You know, listen. I, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the easy way out here. Okay. How do you not go, Scotty Scheffler? Scotty Scheffler. The, the guy is just constantly in the top five, at worst, top ten. I just don't you go, Scotty? Yeah, I go I Victor because be I think he's in. I think he's on the verge. I like that pick. Uh, I will be rooting for Rory McIlroy because I want. I got you, Jay. I want somebody to really just stick it in the side of this whole live piff, whatever. <laughs> okay. You know There's what? There's your guy. This is my guy. He couldn't make it down uh, to this beautiful spot, but you know, we don't need him anyway. We already talked about the bills and beer. So we're, we're good, right? Like that's, we, we filled the quota there. Uh, and you know, I'm walking out of here with, with some good of those, those local craft beers. Uh, that I'm hooked on for sure, and uh, and that and that's why, right? We've talked about this. Why do you go to Minogue's? Because you can go to the grocery store and you're already buying everything else there. Just pick up some beer while you're there. No, no, no. no. You come to Minogue's and now Bev's because they have everything the grocery store doesn't have. doesn't have. They have everything. You didn't even know you needed some of this stuff at Bev's. 